We forgot to mention that for this series, we recorded it on uh, a PowerPoint and presented that as we went through. We did our best to describe as much as we could, so you can listen to it just through audio, but you may want to check out our YouTube channel or clinicallypress.com for the full video. Welcome everyone to this new series that we're putting out from Clinically Pressed. We're calling it the Clinically Pressed Injury Series. Uh, with that, with all the start of fall sports getting going and that obviously transitioning into the winter, uh, we wanted to do a series of the most common injuries that we see and that we deal with on a daily basis, ranging from football, soccer, cross country, volleyball, tennis, you name it, whatever's been going. A lot of these injuries are going to apply. We'll give some specific examples as we get into a little bit more detail with each injury. Uh, we're doing 10 injuries over 10 weeks. With that, we're going to start at the foot, work our way up, addressing what we seem to be is the most common injuries that seem to occur with that. So without any further ado, first one what we're starting off with is plantar fascia issues, arch problems, and just kind of general plantar surface of the foot issues. Uh, just to jump into some quick anatomy first, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the bottom of the foot. Uh, the most common injury that you hear people talk about, and almost everybody, is the plantar fascia, which is a actually a very long band of connective tissue that runs across the bottom of the foot. Um, it does extend to the lateral side, which can be a problem, although not as common. The most common is along the medial arch there, and really the biggest one that most people feel uh, when it is the most tender and painful is at the bottom of the um, calcaneus right where it attaches so the tough part with plantar fascia and when we kind of talk about this everything comes with a grain of salt um, foot position is huge that being said what foot position is best depends on the person. And that's going to be a thing you hear from us a lot, which can be really frustrating, but it's also uh, the truth about everything is it really, really does depend on the person and what they've adapted to and what's occurred. So when we talk about like looking at foot variations, some people may have a flat foot, but they may be pain-free. They might be asymptomatic. So does that mean we need to go and treat it and fix it? Not necessarily, and that's one that we've kind of taken a step back. We can always try and work with things to improve it, but it's not necessarily something that we have to fix um, if it's not inhibiting uh, function, they're not having pain, and they're not having any issues. So you can see just some of the options. The picture on the lower right is just something I pulled that kind of gives a general guideline on what's quote-unquote safe versus not. And again, it really, really depends uh, on just how the person's grown up things that they've dealt with and how they've adapted to it. Uh, one thing that can be really tough is if you do have other foot abnormalities, hammer toes, things like that, that can really cause issue. And now we get into talking about a bunch of different um, problems. Uh, if the navicular, which is marked with a little dot in the upper one, has dropped, that can be an issue uh, that you have to deal with, uh, which is more of a long term um, and more of something you're going to have to adapt, which is hard to just do with uh, specific treatment. Um, but kind of moving forward, we're going to really focus on the plantar fasciitis or plantar fascia issues. So jumping into um, initial treatment and care. I think you have to get aggressively conservative right away. Now, that might seem like a oxymoron when it comes to that, but 
I think it's something that's extremely important. You have to try and contain the symptoms as long as you possibly can in order to get the best results, but also do it as quickly as you can. So in the picture here is a dorsal night splint. This is like the go-to gold for us to try and get things recorded and calm down quickly. Uh, what happens is when you sleep, um, unless you sleep on your stomach with your feet hanging off the bed, your feet naturally plantar flex or your toes point. When that occurs, the Achilles and calf complex along with the bottom part of your foot kind of curls over and gets in a shortened position. Well, if you sleep for eight hours, you have healing that's going on with these eight hours. New fibers are being laid down. Things are starting to connect back together. And in general, that's a really good thing. But people who have had plantar fasciitis will tell you the first thing in the morning that gets them is that first step because you just took all that healing that occurred in that relaxed position and stretched it out, and it's going to let you know about it. Uh, the dorsal night splint is what can help prevent that. It's not the most comfortable thing to sleep in. Uh, this is one of the bulkier options. There are some ones that go on the front of your leg that can make a big difference and help out but man can it make a difference in the morning and it's immediately going to start reducing our symptoms of pain which is exactly what we're going for that moves us into the day-to-day -day. Uh, we have to remind our athletes a lot of time getting in a boot is not a death sentence it doesn't mean you can't practice always it doesn't mean you can't compete in your upcoming game what it is is a treatment for the other hours of the day that you're on your feet. If you have pain walking around, you're, something's not right. Something's going wrong. Um, and with that, you want to get into something that's going to allow it to stabilize, allow you to move, but not cause you any pain. And that's where a walking boot comes in. Um, other options that you can look at, um, like the one to the left there, is doing some sort of plantar fascia taping. Um, this is from one in the pictures from our friends at Mueller Sports Medicine. It's their PF tape specifically designed for supporting the plantar fascia. Great for a 24-hour day hold, um, not nearly as bulky as a boot, not as supportive, but something that you could use as a transition and going from the boot back to just without any tape at all. And it's something we'll talk about a little bit more as we get into the taping and bracing for this. Initial care and treatment. Uh, this is going to depend on what your access is. For us, working in the collegiate setting, uh, we're going to do everything we can, again, to calm down this injury. And that's going to include using e-stim potentially to get everything to calm down, to try and break the pain, kind of spasm cycle as much as we can, control uh, the pain um, mechanism by you know utilizing the stem to get things to relax and calm down uh, we utilize a lot of combo therapy which is a combination of stem and ultrasound and we can get into the argument if ultrasound does a whole lot or even the stem for that matter but being able to use an active head of the ultrasound um, to be our electrode uh, and control where we're applying that stimulation seems to be really beneficial and so that's one that we've had some good success with uh, one that we haven't used lately but have had some great success in the past is using lasers. Um, this one is a class 4 laser from Light Force. Uh, man, if I could get my hands on one of these, life would be good. But uh, what a game changer it can be. Um, really high success rate. Basically utilizing um, the laser beam uh, to help stimulate the body um, internally to jumpstart uh, healing processes to help heat the tissue, to help bring more blood flow to it, and 
Uh, man, it, it was a good one when we had the ability to use it and something we're actively pursuing and trying to get to again. Uh, other options. Soft tissue work is always an option. This is one you got to be careful with, whether you're getting it done um, to you or you're doing it to yourself using any kind of ball or foam roller or even a frozen water bottle or something like that. Uh, if your body's not ready for it, be careful with soft tissue. It's probably just going to aggravate it and make it worse. We learned this lesson the hard way a few times, uh, but if it's sore and it's tender to the touch, digging in there is probably not going to help that and make it better. Uh, with that, you can try and work tissues around it. So if you're very point tender right at where that plantar fascia attaches to your calcaneus, you can work the forefoot and the midfoot as long as it's not causing you pain um, at the area that is really aggravated and mad at you. Uh, one that we are starting to explore more is what dry needling uh, could do for you, utilizing essentially acupuncture needles to help stimulate areas to release some tightness to help encourage healing to just irritating that area just enough without causing pain to just help spark the healing process that's one that is seemingly becoming more and more popular it's gaining ground uh, we're still in the process of kind of vetting it out and seeing what we think uh, but that is definitely something we could also look into for that so good one to keep in mind Taping and bracing, like we said, uh, there's a bunch of options here on a daily basis. Like we said, that PF tape from Mueller Sports Medicine on the left. Uh, we wouldn't recommend that for anything other than just your daily activity. Uh, works really well for being in um, high heel shoes for women or something that um, you can't have the bulk in. So that would be something to look into. Uh, but that's also a good transition to potentially going to something to more of a kinesiology tape. Uh, a little bit more uh, versatile in terms of motion and function. You could wear it for an athletic event um, and be comfortable, but not quite as much rigid support. It's kind of a great transition, um, a good feedback to it. So something to take a look into. Uh, depending on how active you are, you may need to do a rigid taping job. And this is an example of a teardrop. Uh, there's a couple other examples you could look into um, and check out our taping resource on clinicallypress.com for that. We'll link it up as well um, in the description but this could really be helpful uh, it's more rigid but it still moves it offers more support um, it's going to be more comfortable than the pf tape but way more supportive than the kinesiology tape so it might really be something worth taking a look at um, to apply or have someone apply to you as you're trying to go out and play soccer or volleyball or football uh, long distance running might be a little uncomfortable with this, but you'll just have to experiment to try that out. Uh, the other option for it, we can get into a full on discussion here. And we'll actually have another video coming out soon on this topic is how much, again, do you train, um, your arch to get back? Um, or do you basically take that active control out of it uh, with the muscles and put in an insert or an orthotic that will mechanically hold your arch up and give it that support uh, where we've fallen on it is if we can do that to reduce symptoms to get someone back quicker and more efficiently yes let's go for it do we want to stop training their body to naturally be able to do that and be able to support that structure well if they don't have a fully collapsed arch where the bones have collapsed as well as we were kind of talking about earlier then yes we're going to rehab and try and teach that which we're going to talk about here in a second to try and get those muscles to be able to re 
um, take over that control and hopefully maybe potentially um, pull them out of an orthotic or an insert. And that's where our other conversation will come in another video is kind of looking at shoe type and what is best for you and what makes the most sense. So be tuned for stay tuned for that. Rehab, we got to get the uh, muscles of the feet firing again. Uh, that's one problem that we run into in our world of shoes. We're always in shoes, so then our feet basically don't have to work. Um, the Japanese refer to their toes as fingers because they spend more time barefoot. Their shoes allow them to utilize their toes in terms of gripping when they're walking and things like that. Ours don't necessarily do that. Technology has kind of taken over. And so um, this is as simple as just doing a short foot exercise and basically working on contracting the bottom of the foot, getting those muscles to fire again. Um, they're easy to look up, and we highly recommend those. Moving on from there, um, working on balance and really trying to displace your weight through your foot properly. We'll do a lot of single leg balance with people, and it's easy to kind of shift to the inside or the outside of your foot and place all your weight there. But if you really try and spread um, the weight out across your foot, we like the going on the base of the first, so the ball of your foot, thinking the outside base of your or head of your fifth, and then at the bottom of the calcaneus if you get those three spots and you have your weight distributed evenly between those that can really be beneficial in terms of getting all the muscles to work properly to keep you standing upright talking a little bit different rehab looking up and down the chain we'll dive into that with this um making sure we're focusing not just on the foot uh calf raises single leg calf raises strengthening up that posterior musculature is going to be really important but also not forgetting about the hips. So much control comes from the hips that you can help yourself quite a bit by just having strong hips. Um, because if you were to stand and just kind of squeeze um, your glutes, you could feel everything rotate out. Um, you could feel how that would change uh, with just standing there and you're going to feel your femur rotate you're going to feel your knee kind of rotate all the way down to your tibia which in theory should translate all the way down to your foot so that's a great way to help get the proper foot alignment by controlling with your hips another great way to help build up your foot and um, work on some of this explosiveness is utilizing this re rehab technique here where you're kind of going up on a calf raise using a little momentum but we're adding a rotational component to it so the muscles along the inside of your shin have to work the bottom of your foot has to work and all of that will then help build up in terms of getting you back and trying to get your own body to control um, the motion and the shape of your arch and this is just another example of kind of kinetic chain and how it works if you've got your hips are weak and your knees dive in if they were barefoot you can see how the tibia goes in but that's also probably going to drop the arch of their foot which is going to cause a lot of problems so really working on your hips and abduction uh, glute bridges proper squat form things like that are really going to make a difference and help rotate you out like as in picture c there to getting everything back into alignment where it needs to be um, hopefully without the blocks under your heels like they have a, in the picture this is just a little talk again on shoes again which we'll dive in more but it is something worth mentioning here 
um, support versus super support versus neutral shoe. Um, it really depends on your foot. It really, really does. Uh, most people will need, in quotes, um, an arch support uh, that's loosely defined uh, just because need is tough when, again, are we working on exercises and things and treating running like a skill uh, where we're able to recruit the muscles of our foot and get out there and do that. Another great way to just treat that is get outside, get barefoot um, as much as you can, not just walking on concrete. Get out in the grass, get out in the sand, make your foot work in order to help um, those muscles strengthen up and get in better condition. So kind of bringing it all together, um, summarizing it all up, you got to attack this thing early and often. The longer you wait, the almost seems the worse off it gets almost every time. So getting in something that's going to minimize your pain immediately, get it controlled, start trying to get the muscles built up again, try and look for areas of tightness, not only in the foot, but also throughout the calf. Because if that's cranking on your heel too much, that can aid in pulling um, on that plantar fascia more than we need it to. And then you got to be patient with it. It takes a little bit of time. If you're aggressive early in treating it um, without causing more pain, you've got a really good chance of getting it calmed down and getting back sooner than later. But it is going to take a little bit of time to calm down. You have to be patient with that. So with that, that is our presentation on plantar fascia. If you have questions on it, feel free to comment. Shoot us an, an email, info at clinicallypressed.com. Uh, we've got more coming as we work our way up the body. We've got nine more weeks of this. So with that, uh, we hope we made the complicated simple with this talk. And again, feel free to ask any questions that you might have. Thanks, everyone.